0: brought more soldiers than you did.
1: Welcome back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to The Sunday Wire. I'm your host, Patrick Henningson. We're streaming out live on the Alternate Current radio network and also at 21stCenturyWire.com. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. And uh, before the break, uh, we were talking, obviously, uh, with, with Mike Robinson here about the Saudi uh, controversy uh, and Jamal Khashoggi. Uh, and in, there's, in terms of domestic U.S politics uh there well if you're in america you know what i'm talking about it's been all-out war uh for the last uh two years really uh so we have lots of avenues to uh attack trump uh to resist trump uh and our next guest we're going to talk a little bit about this uh and he wrote an interesting article which is up on we've linked to it actually uh it's up on rt.com and the the headline is the united states of anger Liberals are killing comedy in the age of Trump, and uh, joining us uh, is America, American writer and journalist, um, and also former editor in chief of the Moscow News. His name is Robert Bridge, uh, joining us on the live link from Moscow. Actually, right now, hello, Robert.
2: Yeah, hello, Patrick.
1: Thanks for joining us, Robert. And uh, we uh, so we've we've been w- witnessing this. Uh, this breakdown or this cultural meltdown, I would I would call it, uh, in America uh, for the last really for the last two years now, uh, and coming up on the two year mark really of the 2016 election, and uh, so you you kind of talked about this, and it really what triggered my interest in this was this week uh, a mem was released, uh, sort of what what they might call a pro Trump mem or. Uh, off of uh, that came out, uh, born out of the bowels of 4chan and Reddit, called the NPC mem, and uh, the New York Times. Everybody just went uh, ballistic about this. Twitter has been on a uh, a roll, just banning accounts, deleting accounts of this this mem that is really making fun of the uh, the kind of automaton culture uh, that's become uh, the standard fare. Uh, for attacking Trump, uh, this this Democrat versus Republican all-out war that's going on uh, in the U.S. and in the media, and we see it on the late-night comedy shows as well. And mm-hmm. uh, so, just just tell us a little bit about. Um, well, first of all, uh, our our listeners aren't familiar with your work. Uh, introduce yourself, uh, and also, you know, h- how you see this 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 thing playing out. How is this different? What we're seeing right now, how is this different from from past uh, political and cultural warfare in America?
2: Well, I have to admit first, Patrick, that I had to catch up to speed on the whole uh, NPC uh, meme. <laughs> I, I grew up, I don't know how old you are, but I grew up in the, the Pac-Man and asteroids and space invaders generation. So this whole idea of interacting with uh, even a non-playable character for me was a little bit Kind of strange, so I had to, like, and second of all, I don't like video games. I, I look at them like my, my son will show me his video game, and I, like, I get vertigo, and I'm ready to get sick. But anyways, that aside, um, this whole this whole notion, it, you know, when I looked into it and I started researching it, um, I realized that it's just brilliant, this whole NPC thing, this non-playable character, because that's really, when you get down to it, uh, that's what, that's exactly, that defines the liberal mindset to a T. You know, you have these, um, I mean, I look at them and they, they just look like a brat pack to me, you know, social justice warriors that are just, uh, you know, whatever snowflakes, um, who have really been pre-programmed, um, pre-engineered to really just act like, like absolute zombies. You know, I mean, you could just put makeup on these people and march them down the street and on, on Halloween and you'd have your, your perfect, uh, I don't know what, um, Invasion of the body snatchers, or something. <laughs> I don't know. But you, you, you try to you try to talk to these people, you know. And I, I have I have tried, not necessarily in, in the setting that some of these people have had the misfortune of trying to talk to them. But you know, you, you see this. is they're they're just obsessed with this type of uh, groupthink, minus the think, and it's just a group. It's just it's just a mob mentality that's taken over these people. And you just you cannot you cannot hold a conversation with them. It's it's really important And I've I've noticed this myself. Uh, my conversation with these people has really been limited to like social media and things like that. And um, even um, I hate to say this, but even family, <laughs> I've 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 lost so many. You know, just I just can't connect. You just cannot connect with these people. Just like with the the NPC, the non-playable character that that you know you you hear about this in the, in the games. There's just no connection. There's no. There's no real thought behind it. And when you try to penetrate uh, behind behind their screaming and their yelling and their their fierce emotions, you realize that there's just nothing there. They have no arguments. And that's you know, it's a lot of these people. Um, and I think that that was really um, that was demonstrated very clearly. For example, in the Kavanaugh hearings, um, when you had that uh, senator uh senator i believe his name was what F- uh, flake and he was confronted by uh, a protester in in an elevator and she wouldn't let him get out of the, uh, the the lift and she picked the perfect target because this guy jeff Flake was just he, he really is a flake i mean he he didn't he didn't try to get out he didn't talk back to her he just stood there and let her yell at him and that's all it is is just screaming and I mean, as it turns out this woman you know she's she is uh the, turns out that she was she was the editor, or not the editor, but the executive director of Center for uh, something democracy, you know, a Soros-funded organization. So a lot of these people, they have, they don't have their heart in it. They just have bare animal emotions, and a lot of them are being paid. They have, inter- they have, they have uh, photo uh, photographs of these people actually being paid before these events. So that, that's all it is. They're just a lot of them are just paid. Uh, hit persons to just scream and yell and that's it. There's just, there's really nothing behind their their emotions.
1: And so what's interesting, uh, Robert, to me is, is the reaction to the, uh, the NPC mem. And uh, so this, this is really gamer. This is kind of like sardonic gamer satire. And, and it's quite intelligent in the sense that I I would, I put it in the class of art, Uh, but this is obviously art. In in the pre-social media, the pre-viral age is very different. This is a very different kind of art. This is an art that that goes viral and blasts through walls horizontally uh, as opposed to in the past uh, satire that was put out through certain publications and then the joke or the the, the gag circulates uh, Mm -hmm. through television or through magazines, is a totally different phenomenon now um, with with kind of the age of viral and the age of social media, the age of Reddit, uh, of, of 4chan messaging boards, and how things gestate and come up through that system, through that farm, and then to ban it. So, so, so i think it's quite artistic the the npc thing because it reflects it kind of it, it kickstarts a whole another conversation it's a reflection of society and that's that's the joke but that's also the discussion point but to ban, to come down and ban it and call it uh uh what he, disinformation uh, misleading <laughs> political speech i think this is these are some of the the words that twitter uh is the re- moderators are are using at twitter and so forth to justify uh, closing these accounts or shutting this down right from the beginning. So what does that say, Robert, about society? Uh, if if because I'm going to put it into the class of art, just like cartoons or political cartoons. To me, it's the same thing. It's just much bigger now. It's crowdsourced. There's there's more creative minds on the on on the on the joke. It it, it changes its dynamic. This is a a whole new era we're in. But uh, to t- to ban it, that's that's pretty extreme, I think.
2: Yeah, and it's it's like anything. If you ban it, you just give it more credence, and a lot more people are going to start looking into it. Like myself, I never would have given it a second thought, um, but I really started looking into it. And I think what it does, it just it just shows the the uh, the depth, the horrible depth of of the political discourse in the country, where an actual stick figure, although there is a lot of there is a lot of thought that goes behind it. Um, It's like, it's like uh, that painting by the Russian artist. It's just a black square, you know, but um, there's, there's a lot that goes behind that and you need to be able to explain that. And they really do. And there's so much meaning behind that stick figure that just triggered them so badly. And it, because it it really is, they, they really, they really struck a nerve because it's the truth and they know it. And, and it, they, they felt it and so they had no choice but to you know to take it to the extreme and then they come back and then they're saying that you know the the alt-right or whatever they they call they call us i suppose you know we're hurtful we're mean and nasty and meanwhile you know that's that's been their tactic from all along you know call, calling people on the right you know as soon as you try to criticize them you're a russian bot or you know you buy into the the hitler ideology you're a borderline nazi or you are a nazi um so it's it's they just really struck a nerve and it's it's good because it you know now you've got the banning going on though so and this is another thing that's worrying me i i don't want to push this point too far but um, the, the meme itself, this whole idea of memes, I was, you know, reading up on this today and it's amazing that, do you know, that meme, um, there's a guy and he's walking with his girlfriend and he turns around and he looks at that, uh, another girl, for example. Yes. Okay. So that, that meme, that meme has been banned in Sweden as being sexist. Now they're, they're also coming out. This was just a couple of days ago. I forget which group of doctors came out and said this it's amazing but they said that uh, memes or memes that make fun or ridicule people with obesity is actually contributing to people getting fatter and gaining weight and this was put out by a group of doctors which you know this is a, it's just like turning reality on its head you know we, we're pointing fun at uh you know there's a I mean, you know, there are many different examples of the, I don't know if you've seen them, but, you know, some of them, of course, are really, most of them are really, of course, hurtful. But it's hurtful to get across a point, a social message, and try to maybe reverse something that's happening in society. But now this group of doctors is coming out. So my point is, is that it looks like, um, and there was, there was actual, as you, I'm sure you're aware of, there was actual talk in Europe about banning memes, because they do get a point across, they, they do get the point across in such an effective way. And that's very worrisome, I think, for, for a lot of people that you can put out uh, a picture and a few, you know, a little phrase and boom, you've made your point so effectively just like that. And to the point where it's actually causing them now to get nervous and consider um, actually banning these things, which is just to be amazing.
1: Yeah, it, it, well, I think they're missing. Uh, well, they're obviously, a lot of people miss the point if they're not uh, really involved or they're late to the game as it were. Uh, there there's a whole, there's all these subcultures on on Reddit, um, and I'm not a big fan of Reddit. Uh, they, I think they use AI or some sort of automated uh, moderation system now, just from mm-hmm. my interactions with it. But uh, and but 4chan uh, message boards, a lot of things come out of there, good and bad. But there's a lot of creativity there. There's a and the, the gamer community is uh, uh, is very creative. Uh, they're they're creative thinkers. Uh, they they have an introspective uh, zeal uh, on so many on a lot of issues. They're they're great social observers um, mm-hmm. in terms of politics, uh, and so they're. But they're creating stuff. They're making things. And these people, the, those man, male and female in those communities, they understand how the crest of the wave, the trending wave, when the wave breaks, where you need to be on that wave to get your message to go viral. They're they're experts at it, uh, and I would I would think. It's it's even more sophisticated than Twitter and Facebook. The creativity in those communities is on another level. Uh, and so they understand how they, they test things out on their message boards. And if it if it goes viral and breaks and hits, it's like a it's like a hit song. It's a hit and they know what it takes to, to generate a hit. And I don't think I think the people who are banning these things, shutting them down or wanting to censor these things, I really don't think they understand. That that creative process that's going on. That's kind of always been the case though, hasn't it, Robert? It's almost throughout history. Yeah,
2: exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. They um and, and you whenever you try to ban anything, you ban a book, or you've just you've just increased increased the the public's interest in that particular thing tenfold, if not a thousandfold. And um you they just basically publicized this whole thing and people are gonna start digging and realizing that. It's here we are, you know, banning a meme for God's sakes. We're what's next? I mean, simple meme, you know, being banned, it's it's amazing. So don't know where it's gonna go from here, but it's it's a very disturbing sign, I would say. And um I, I agree with you about the, the creators. Um I can't say that I, I get on Reddit very often. I'm not I I just never really found that to be although I know it's very popular, but I just never really checked that out too much. Um but uh Yeah, I would agree with you that these people who are, you know, creating these things in the AI community, they they are, as you said, they're on the cutting edge of this, of of everything. And anything that does spark interest, they're there immediately to pick up on it. And it it spreads like wildfire.
1: And and, uh, so mainstream, Robert, you wrote about this agenda driven comedy style, if you want to call it a style that uh, if you watch Stephen Colbert, uh, Jimmy Kimmel uh in america and this the anti-trump uh comedy resistance and anti-trump uh resistance journalism as well and kind of recycling a lot of the same material uh and you kind of wrote in your piece that uh they they it's really killed comedy or they're killing comedy uh it, so my question is you know, is is there a lot of people laughing at these jokes um are there people who generally find it funny? Uh, these all these different, they're quite, it's gotten quite vulgar, Robert. Uh, and you're making the argument in your piece that th- this can do a lot of damage um, in some way to American politics and discourse. Uh, you know, just to t- tell us a little bit about your thoughts on that.
2: Well, as, as far as like. American late night comedy guys, I just I, I just can't watch it. It's it's easier for me to watch a CNN broadcast than to watch these guys, these so called comedians, um, like John Oliver. I just there's really when you when you you know, and I can't say that I'm you know a comic genius, but when you when you pick apart the jokes, there's just really no joke. And as you said, they're just it's just basically vulgar. This is this is you know talking about Trump's you know his penis or whatever has become the you know the uh, whatever the soundbite for the for the week. Um, so this type of, of humor, whatever passes for humor, it's just it's it's really absurd. And not only that, but it's just that this level of so-called humor, um, it's on it's 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 in such an attack mode. Okay. It's not like, you know, with Johnny Carson, in the days of Johnny Carson, you know, he could poke fun at George W. Bush or whoever, Ronald Reagan, and it was done in a very playful way, and there was actually some something funny about it. There, there was some humor behind it, you know, making fun of, of the president's particular character or uh, personality traits, things like that. They, they didn't really touch on policy so much, but with Trump, it's just, it is a, you know, and it's not just one comedian, it's all three of those guys, Colbert, uh, kimmel and that jerk uh, john oliver who i just think is the most unfunniest person in comedy I, I really just don't understand what people could possibly find humorous about the guy um and they just you're off not, the same. you're not alone there <laughs> i'm glad so yeah I, I talk to people in my office about it i'm just like you know it's like 50 50 some people think he's a genius i'm just like what is so funny about this guy he's just you know, even Colbert, you know, I mean, they, they've got the timing and everything down. They know when to pause and get their applause or pause and get the applause. But um, aside from that, the—the the, I don't know, the jokes are just so bad, but it's just it's just an attack. And even, you know, even if I was looking at this from a, as a liberal looking at it, I think at least I want to believe that I would think this way, that attacking the same person night after night after night after night without any let up, it's just the joke gets old no matter what the joke is it's going to get old and your audience is just going to get worn down and the audience has to be really brain dead to find any of this humors after how many weeks now i mean years of listening to the same you know and i'm I'm just wondering why john stewart got out when he did because I, i don't know uh but he was really, he was really, you know, attacking Trump. I mean, he called him, I forget what nickname he had for Trump. Uh, it was something really crude. So I don't know if he was so disgusted with what happened. But he, John Stewart, who was the real genius of comedy, I guess you could say. And sometimes he would, he would be willing to, you know, he pointed out the, the, uh, the hypocrisy, for example, with Ron Paul, um, you know, talking about how the, the, the news broadcasters never spoke about the guy at all um you know he would point out some some things here and there but these guys you know the, the big 3 those guys never ever you know oh, here's a good example um who was it um it was uh, uh kimmel i believe they were talking oh no it was john oliver of course he was talking about the kavanaugh uh hearings okay and he pulled out, you know, Kavanaugh, I don't know if you if you listen, I was here in Moscow at like one o'clock in the morning listening to him give his very impassioned speech after he had been attacked viciously in the media for, you know, days about, you know, accusations that were turned out to be completely false, name dragged through the, the mud. And he gave a very impassioned talk for about, I don't know how long, 45 minutes maybe. Um, they gave him the floor. He just talked and spilled his, spilled the beans about everything, talked about his high school days, you know. Um Lifting weights at Matt's place or whatever, you know, and so John Oliver pulled out thirty seconds of of Kavanaugh speaking about his high school days and and popped that in there into his little you know video soundbite and made Kavanaugh look like a complete fool, you know. And if that had been my only impression of of uh, Brett Kavanaugh up to that point, I would have thought, wow, what a jerk, you know. But I listened to the whole thing, and I, I realized the guy had a really good point. And, you know, he was really treated unfairly, I believe. And, you know, then here we have um, the woman, Christine uh, Ford, whose story just was, there's just nothing, no substance at all. Okay, yes, of course, rape, Alex attempted rape, or whatever he attempted to do to her, or somebody attempted to do to her is very serious, but there was no substance at all. He didn't point, you know, he didn't poke at her one bit, didn't poke a joke at her, didn't you know hold her up to any sort of ridicule. It was just strictly about Kavanaugh, and it's that type of you know, and of course the you know these, but these guys. This is the problem, really, with American TV is that it's all left, it's all liberal, it's all liberal, liberally oriented, and this these are the types of predictable jokes or programming that the public is receiving. And that's probably has a lot to do. You can make the connection with these memes and these these non playable characters, as it were, from the, from the left who get their talking points from you know morons like John Oliver and Colbert and all these guys and the media and all the other jokers out there who are you know pushing this line and really with no substance at all. So when you put a microphone up to these people and say, well, "Why do you think Trump is a racist?" you know this blank expression comes upon them and they. They can't answer it. They just start screaming and yelling, and that's the end of the conversation. So, it's it's
1: deplorable. So, so what? So what do you think? Uh, you use the word deplorable. That's, uh, that's a that's rich word. <laughs> no. What what do you what do you think about? Uh, so what's the what's the bottom line, Robert? Uh, is this is this uh, killing of comedy that you've described? Is it going to be effective in the sense that is it going to translate into votes at the ballot box? Uh, We're talking about the midterms and then, of course, the 2020 election uh, in a couple of years. Will it or will it create despondency? Uh, Will it mobilize the Democratic base or will it turn people off of politics and create uh, a low voter turnout effect? Or will it drive people, some people, over to Trump's camp? How how do you think it's going to – what's the result of this going to be?
2: That's that's a really good question. I I can't really say, but uh – I mean, there is already, uh, for example, in, in the, the African-American community, um, it's not necessarily connected, I think, to, to the comic side of, of the debate, but uh, there are a lot of people who are seeing through the Democrats, and and they are starting to cross, cross the barriers, as it were. As far as the comedy goes, um, I don't know. I, I think that you know, people look at that and it just, it just re it just helps them to you know, have their own prejudices and biases reinforced by listening to some guy and his, I don't know, his applaud machine um, signaling people to, to, to think in this way. So um, whether or not how many people are going to see through that, I, I don't know. I would, I would hope that Americans are, are intelligent enough that they can see through the act as it were and, And 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 say, hey, this is this is. I mean, and this is another thing. Is my question is why are they attacking him so much? And I think it it goes much deeper because you know this Trump, and this goes a little little bit off on another direction. But you know, we have to remember what he was talking about on the campaign trail. He wanted to drain the swamp, and I don't think that the people in power ever forgot that. And you know, you see, you you still see signs of, you know, right now he just. He just arrested um, the FBI, one of the FBI, uh, I can't remember her name, but she was the one responsible for leaking the uh, steel dossier to to uh, the media, Huffington. Mm-hmm. And um, so you, you see this, and there's actually been a lot of cases like this, and you see that creeping up more and more. And I think that this this these comics, these comedians, they're there for they're there for a purpose. They they're you know, they're it's like a hit mob, if you will. And they are there to really just attack this guy because they I really believe, you know, a lot of people, even from the right, they are very cynical about him. And I still maybe it's just out of my personal hope and belief that this guy really is the the real McCoy, the real deal, and he really is prepared to, to drain the swamp and you can't do that immediately you need to do it slowly over time you just can't drop what you no know, um and start locking people up but there are people who believe lots of people you know on youtube who just haven't had their accounts shut down yet on social media who do believe that 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 is his long-term his long-term goal and i i, I believe it and i think that's why these these people these these hard these hard jesters are attacking him on a daily basis, like they are, because they're afraid. Really, when you when when the, when, the, when the comedy is so predictable and so hateful and so unfunny for such a long time, you have to really wonder, okay, why why is it like this? And I, I really think the bottom line is fear. That's really what it amounts to. I, I, they think that this is going to be a strategy to get. I don't know what the left to the polls and more numbers or something, you know, paying this guy the way they do in a very hateful way. I, it could backfire. I, but I really don't know. I, I hope it does.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think, I think, um, I think the, the, the ground is shifted below people's feet. Uh, in terms of there's, there's big social changes going on. Uh, the middle class is shrinking. Uh, and, you know, if you, if you look at the comedic uh, tradition in terms of television, you put a nice clip up on your article of uh, Don Rickles uh, and the D- Dean Martin celebrity roast of, of Governor Ronald Reagan at the time, uh, who was mm-hmm. governor of California. Uh, but the, the, main, the main audience for that uh, comedy was, was the middle class. Uh, and so American society is, is transforming and a lot of the, those you know, working class Democrats, a lot of them went and voted for Trump in the last election. Um, so that kind of, uh, I think that diverse uh, audience that used to consume those jokes, uh, that was part of that uh, uh, political conversation, um, it, people have shifted and moved around. And I think the left, um, or the new left, as some might call it, uh, has, is, is really no longer anti-war uh, so in all the, the tom Lehrer and all those great you know vietnam era comedians in america um, they, they were coming from an anti war position or they were talking about you know uh, the the class struggle or, or or from a middle class point of view those vantage points are are, are all gone uh it seems in the mainstream robert so uh, it's so something's not functioning in terms of uh I, I don't know maybe it's the the social framework where comedy exists in has changed in america and so therefore there's not much there's no you know the the, the punchlines aren't there the p- p- comedy political like like many things like fashion like comedy it's all political but the the framework is changed it's just not there so it seems to be like coming from a an empty place in a way exactly yeah go ahead
2: yeah it's very true it's it's sad because we do have a, a really good uh, comedic tradition in america and it wasn't you know it's like you, you mentioned with that don rickles clip it was you know you could say anything there was no it wasn't obsessed with the pc culture and you could these guys are sitting on stage you know just talking talking like normal people talk you know and it was funny and nobody nobody got their feelings hurt because who really cares about anybody's feelings you know you get right down to it. I mean, it, when when people are—that's that's what they're protesting about—is you, you know, you hurt my feelings. You know, what 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 social policy is based on feelings? We can't we can't ba- build our culture on whether or not people's feelings were hurt. It's ridiculous, and I think most people agree with that. And it, it was a much much more lighthearted day, you know, 30, 40 years ago. Um, but something radically changed, you know, to to really. Uh, and i think once you lose the comedy and the people lose the ability to laugh and laugh at themselves and um, then i think you're in danger <laughs> because that's that's like the uh, that's the safety valve for your society is you know once once the safety valve no longer works and you, the people aren't laughing and you know you got the liberals now ordering people to to attack republicans in restaurants you know so when, when is that going to turn around too when are they going to start when are the republicans going to start attacking liberals when they're trying to sit down and have a meal with their families yeah so where does this end you know when, when does the hate end and this is what it's come down to it's just it's just pure hate
1: yeah well it's going to end uh robert we're to- uh, we were told by uh hillary Clinton last or two weeks ago. It was. It's going to end when they take the House or the Senate back. Then they'll be civil at that point. But until then, uh, it's uh, no civility whatsoever. Hopefully, the jokes will get better by then That's it. if they do win the House. I hope so. I say, bring back the jester. Bring back the jester. Uh, exactly. The jester has been. Uh, it's, you, you made that point in your article, I think, which is a great point, Robert. You said that the, there's a tradition of the jester. Uh, is allowed to say things to the king that nobody else would dare say, uh, but needed to be said uh, in order to sort of keep the balance in society. But but I don't think we have that now. Um, the, the jester did it in a clever way, right? This What's being done now, it's not quite in that tradition, is it?
2: Yeah, the, the, it looks like the jester wants to bring down the king. Yeah. It's- so that, that that can't that yeah. can't last forever, yeah, and then that's a whole another that's a whole another situation. <laughs> yes. So all in all, it's just a bad situation for for America. I think it, yeah. it's it's a sad turn of events, and uh, when you start banning like like they are, and you know, not even something like a stick figure in a in a meme can can just get laughter from the other side. They have to they have to go to the extreme of actually banning. Banning this this thing—it's—it's it's just that's just that's comedy in itself. That's that is the punchline right there when it, when you have people acting in such a way. And, and these are CEOs of big companies. These people should they should know better. They they have brains. <laughs> I mean, they don't see how ridiculous this is. And I mean, come on, what what are what are they talking about? This is a guy of a multi-billion-dollar corporation, and he's he's supporting banning on Twitter a stick figure. You know, it's, it's, it's just absurd.
1: It's really absurd. So. Well, we're living in strange times, uh, Robert. We're definitely living in uh, uncharted uh, waters in terms of uh, politics and culture. So we'll, uh, we're doing our best to uh, keep our finger on the pulse. Uh, and we want to direct people to your writing as well. Uh, we've got a link to your article. You're published up at uh, RT. Quite a few great regular articles and also uh, on social media, Twitter. Uh, and Facebook, I believe. Uh, mm-hmm. So I encourage people to follow your work. Robert Bridge, uh, thank you very much for joining us this week.
2: Thank you, Patrick. It's been a pleasure. I enjoy your work as well.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, take care. There he goes, ladies and gentlemen. That's Robert Bridge, writer and political commentator. Uh, you can check out his work uh, up at uh, rt.com and also on social media Uh, We're going to take a short break and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about, we're going to have the hard conversation about Brexit. Uh, And I've got the most qualified person here to talk about it. Uh, uh, Mike Robinson, we're going to talk about that Irish border issue, which seems to be holding up the whole deal after these messages. Uh, This is a Sunday Wire. Stay right there. Yo, this is Russell Jordan, a.k.a. The Prime Artist. You're listening to The Sunday Wire with Patrick Henningsen. Alternate Current Radio. Keep it current. Stay locked.
0: And now we come to Don Rickles. You know, a lot of people wonder why Don is so mean. There's a reason for that. You see, he's been that way ever since he found out Eva Braun was two time him. him. He is the star of the last ten days of Rickles. Don Rickles. <laughs> the greatest thing I can say to Governor Reagan or Regan, whatever they call, what do they call you, Governor? The greatest moment I remember in your career was when you said to Pat O'Brien, the kipper is dying. And I got an uncle that thought it was a fish. Now, the Gentile gentleman here had no idea. A kipper, that's a Jewish fish. Don't be dumb. I hate a dumb guy. He wouldn't be governor if my people didn't go, "Okay." There's always one dumb guy in the audience. And you're probably important my luck, you'll be the president of NBC. Isn't this fun, Governor, huh? Better than trying to hit Jess Unruh with your car. of you from all around the United States. Jess Unruh is a great democratic candidate who opposed many things that the governor did, and he's a great politician, and the governor would be the first to agree. And that's what makes our country so fantastic. We have uh, different people, as I do. I stand on a stage, or on a lectern, or I stand here next to Dean Martin, one of the great guys, and I say this from my heart, Dean, you have a problem. And the governor great politician of all time. He laughs at anything. My brother died. <sighs> I tell you out there, America, our governor is dumb. That's a joke, governor. <laughs> Can you see it? When this show is off the air and the governor's over the room with three guys from the state troopers. All right, Joe, let's hear the joke about the governor. <laughs> to one about him being dumb. Let's go. I don't know who you are in the middle but you're starting to get on my nerves. There's one guy with a honk that sucking up his lips.